Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome to episode 27 of the Baseball from Home podcast. I'm Connor McKnight. He's Joe Brand. We're brought to you by the House of L Podcast Network. I've been covering baseball for radio stations in Chicago the last 10 years. Joe's been broadcasting minor league baseball for the last nine. He covers the White Sox and the Cubs for WGN Radio. And you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at C1 McKnight. He is at Joe underscore Brand One. Subscribe, rate, and review the pod. We love it when you do, and besides us liking you, if you like the pod, it'll help move it to other people who like it as well. We really appreciate it. This episode of the Baseball From Home podcast, in fact, all of the House of L Network, is sponsored by Team Hawkbird. I worked with David and his friends at Team Hawkbird to secure the mortgage from my place in Wicker Park. They were absolutely amazing. It was my first time buying a home, and they could not have been better. Every question I had about the mortgage process, every little nuance that I needed to know about with a you know, reporter's background, sometimes you're cursed to want to know more than you really ought to. They answered every question and every worry I had was settled with them saying, listen, Connor, we're going to have you at the end of the day. We've got you. You're going to have what you need to purchase your home. They will tell you the same thing. I promise you. Give them a call. 855-56-DAVID. Or head to the website at 56david.com. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS 1124061. This is a special edition of the podcast because we, I mean, like last night, Joe and I were sitting down going, oh, we should wrap up the World Series and do a thing. And then the White Sox went ahead and made news and did something that neither of us in our, you know, collected 20 years of covering baseball and covering Chicago media, nothing quite like this has ever happened the White Sox up and hired a current Hall of Famer to be their next manager, a man who held the job 34 years ago, a man who last managed nine years ago, a man whose last game was a World Series winner up until now. Tony LaRusa is going to be the new manager, is rather, is, I have to get used to that, is the new manager of the Chicago White Sox. Joe I was stunned by the news Thursday afternoon. Even with the reports that came out the night before, even with the, the, the tricklings, I was stunned that the White Sox made Tony La Russa their new manager. I just did not see that coming. You can't hear it right now because we do all the post-editing after the show, but right now I'm playing My Sharona by The Knack <laughs> because that was the number one hit in 1979, the year that... The White Sox first hired Tony La Russa to be their manager, which, crazily enough, he was the youngest manager in the majors at the time. No. And now the second go-around of it, 2020, he is the oldest manager 
in Major League Baseball. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to the 2021 ALCS White Sox versus Astros. Tony Larusa against Dusty Baker for the rivalry that tells all in the American League Championship Series of 2021. That is going to be amazing. Think about the the 10-year reunion, the 2031 reunion of the 2021 White Sox World Series championship team. I mean, that's going to be here's I kid. Here's the 1979 White Sox lineup. Milt Mays catching, Lamar Johnson's at first, Allen Bannister is at second base. Joe, you and I have both seen his son play ball. Greg Pryor, Kevin Bell, Ralph Gar, Chet Lemon, Claudel Washington, and Jorge Orta. That was your starting lineup. Steve Trout is pitching in that game. Ed Farmer is the closer. God rest that man's soul. I love him to death. Ed Farmer was the closer the year Tony La Russa started managing for the Chicago White Sox. I, I think... I think the biggest reason I'm stunned by this is because Tony hasn't managed in nearly a decade. And when Rick Hahn ended the season and gave his wrap-up press conference, he stated that a priority was going to be put on a manager who came from a championship or damn near close to championship-like experience not necessarily a guy who had managed, but had been managerial adjacent to winning a commissioner's trophy. And that that doesn't fit with Tony La Russa. And I think Rick Hahn in his press conference today alongside La Russa did say that, yeah, I mean, I that is what I said. And once we found out that Tony was available, we changed the math. I guess the question for the White Sox and for White Sox fans is essentially is it okay to you that the math did change after they found out Tony La Russa was, in fact, available to the White Sox? Well, I know the biggest speculation right now is the fact that this was a Jerry Reinsdorf hire and it's him slamming his fist down, this is my guy, this is who I want. But it's just it's the timeline that confuses me because even if Rick Hahn admits to what he said on that presser on October 12th, you hear how Tony said he perked up when he heard about the White Sox job opening. I mean, Tony La Russa and Jerry Reinsdorf are best friends. There's no way Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't know that Tony La Russa is just aching to get back at the top step of the dugout. There was even a, a weird uh, video that kind of resurfaced from just last year when he was telling somebody about why Tony La Russa isn't managing these days anymore, just because why would you want to do that at 75 years old or something along those lines. But yeah, number one, Jerry has got to know that Tony La Russa wants to continue managing. And Rick Hahn said it wasn't the wild card series that was the main reason they fired Ricky Renneria. So I would hope that there's that communication between Rick Hahn and Jerry Reinsdorf at least towards the end of the season, hey, you know, if things don't go the way we want them to, this might be it for Rick Renneria. All that talking has to happen, and then I I would feel like Jerry would be at that time, all right, well, if you go that route, I got a guy that you have to interview, and I'm sure you know who he is. So none of that really makes sense to me because it's just all about uh, we had our requirements, we had our ideas of who we were going to interview, and then wouldn't you know, Tony La Russa became available as soon as that happened. Like, none of that makes sense to me. And something that Adam Hogue brought up that I, I thought was 
pretty noticeable too. Uh, Bob Nightingale, his first story about this Tony LaRusso speculation came out pretty much immediately after that Rick Hahn presser. So Jerry Reinsdorf is is known at that point that Tony LaRusso wants to manage again. I mean, there's either miscommunication or something wasn't being publicized at that time. So that's where it definitely gets just murky and fishy and weird with this whole thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I was I was surprised. Um, not that the men and women, you know, doing the press conference and asking questions this afternoon didn't do a good job, but I, I was kind of surprised that the question wasn't asked. You know, at the end of this, did you fire Rick Renteria for Tony Larusa? You know, in, in much the same way, the Cubs had the opportunity to let go of Rick Renteria because they saw Joe Madden out there. Y- you could look at the timeline. You know, if, if you were on vacation, if you were a White Sox fan on vacation in Fiji, kind of forgetting that COVID existed and you came back and you looked at just Bob Nightingale's timeline, you could assume that they fired Rick Renteria because they knew they could get Tony LaRusso. So I do think that that part of the timeline does need to get clarified some. And I imagine that those questions will will essentially be asked. I, I don't think you or I, you and I should ignore the fact that, you know, between Jeff Passan and Joe Sheehan and other, you know, notable national guys out there, there, there were reports this afternoon leading up to the press conference of discomfort within the White Sox about Tony La Russa being hired because, like Rick said, this wasn't where we thought we were going when the season ended. Now, discomfort's okay. That can happen. And I would imagine the White Sox are a franchise that is is ready as any to have a little internal discomfort and then move forward. But I think there's still fair questions to be asked about a manager who's 76 year old about whether or not he's able to move forward in his managerial stances, right? The game's changed a lot since he was last managing. A lot. And there were people who would squawk at the time about how LaRusso was managing his ball club then, given what we knew about how teams needed to be managed. So there, I think there are some real fair questions about whether or not this guy is the right hire for this team currently. And that's just that's just talking about baseball stuff at this point. You know, we'll get into the rest of it, but that's just talking about X's and O's and and fingers and toes, right? Yeah, there's a lot of fair questions and, and there's a lot of fair speculation. It's going to come down to how well the White Sox do for however long Tony La Russa is at the top step of the dugout. And I get it, that's that's a situation for, for any manager, any hire, any uh, free agent acquisition whatsoever. But it's it just when it... When everything culminates, it it kind of reminded me, Rick Hahn's press conference, I should say, on October 12th, reminded me of the offseason when the White Sox were going after Manny Machado and and Bryce Harper, where he kept using the method or the theory that we have this opportunity. We have this window, and we have this opportunity to go after these personnel types. So we can't just let it skeet by. That seemed to be the case once again with this whole situation. You have an A.J. Hinch, you have an Alex Cora, you have some other great minds out there that are possible or available to run your team the way you want them to run it because you have built this whole thing. So I, it's totally understood the whole pulling the rug out underneath from Rick, Rick Hahn. And, and the other thing is when that press conference started, I'm sorry, there was a lot of monotone look from Rick Hahn and then... 
Let's welcome in Tony Larusa. There was the smile, and it's like it's insane how Zoom works. Number one, that we're on Zoom for this press conference because it lagged to getting to Tony Larusa, and you saw the smile shut off. You saw it shut off. So I mean, it 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 looked planned. It looked prepared, and it did not look natural. And whether or not it was or not, it just didn't look that way. I I think you're right in that they have to win. You know, and I, I think I don't know that that was going to be said about A.J. Hinch or Cora or Matt. I'm going to butcher his last name because I always get the syllables flipped in my head. Matt Quartaro. Right. I like or or even or even uh, Espada, Joe Espada. That's right? who I thought it was going to be. I, yeah. I, if you hire any one of those guys, the expectation is win. If it's not in 2021, it's be a better team in 2021 and get further in the playoffs but if you don't win a world series in that first year okay that happens you have a manager who's you know creating a larger culture and growing with the organization as they become something a lot closer to what the what the rays are now or what the dodgers have been over the last four or five you know what i'm saying like it it can grow alongside but tony la Russa is 76 and you know the guy's not going to manage for 10 years. He's he's just not. I don't know that he's going to manage for 5 years. I mean, who who at 81 can do that job? You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's nothing against Tony. It's just father time wins. He he always does. So, is this a 2-year hire? Is it a 3-year hire? I mean, really what kind of time frame are you looking at? And you know, if everything goes great, but the ball doesn't bounce properly for the White Sox over the Tony Russa managerial career, right? If you're winning 90-something games. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Games every year, and then you have to go get a new manager because it's just time, and Tony is ready to retire again. Then we're doing this again. And has that manager served to build what needs to be built that that maybe somebody else could have done better or or more thoroughly or attentively when we get into some of the deeper things like you were alluding to of let's say the bat flipping stances that this white Sox culture has embraced and encouraged and advocated and basically made tim anderson the billboard for it i i reached out to a player that played for tony Larusa, and i you know what's your initial response and like most of his former players Tony's very detailed, well-prepared in his game plan. There's nothing he won't be ready for. And I believe that. I really do. I mean, I, I still believe that Tony La Russa can be a good manager. Can he be a great manager? And can he be the White Sox manager that they need? Those are the other questions. But then when I asked him about, well, what about this whole bat-flipping culture? How, how open-minded is Tony La Russa going to be? for something like that. He goes, yeah, I think the team will slowly mesh into Tony's team, and they'll understand that that's not part of how he does things. But again, I think it'll go both ways, and Tony will meet halfway, exclamation point. Tony's definitely not 
about showing anybody up, exclamation point. So at first I read that, and I'm like, okay, so basically everyone's going to meet in the middle in a perfect world. Somebody tweeted at me when I tweeted that out and said, okay, well, the White Sox are flip the bat to the moon, and Tony La Russa is don't flip the bat at all. So where is meeting in the middle of that? And that's a very fair question because then he went into, well, is it sincere or not? What is what is a sincere celebration? And that just basically comes down to, oh, I don't agree with this or I don't agree with that. I'm fair with how he said if both teams are doing it, there's no reason to get upset. I, I'm yeah. I'm totally on board with that method. But yeah, I mean, this is this is just the way the White Sox play, and this is the way they have been playing, and this is the way they have been winning. So if Tony La Russa comes in and things aren't great and the team's not winning and he's not letting that stuff fly, then there's going to be a lot more clashing. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, I think winning would solve a lot of that, but it solves a lot of things, right? I mean, we've seen bad clubhouses win and we've seen good clubhouses lose. You know, I think think we all understand that can happen in baseball. I, I was a little... I understand why Tony answered some of the questions he did about kneeling for the anthem, about uh, social injustice, and about players speaking their mind. I I understood why he answered some of the questions the way he did. And, you know, if I sound of two minds on this, um, I I think it's because I am, quite frankly. I I think a lot of us who are of your and my generation, um, white males specifically, who have, uh, you know, family members or just, you know, we have, we have more people that look like us and have come to this reckoning, this this racial reckoning in this country from a perspective of um, uninformed privilege uh, and, and really learned a lot about our own lives, about our culture, about other cultures that are outside of our own um, that we need to get a lot closer to and listen to a lot better. They're there truly has been, I think, for a lot of people that fit Tony's age and demographic, an awakening in this country. It's got a long way to go, my opinion. And to be quite frank with you, my opinion isn't the one that matters here, but it's the one that's on this podcast. So I'll just offer it that way. I think to to listen to Tony and just discount the possibility that he has come around on some things is short-sighted. But he talked a lot about sincerity. And I think that's a good way. I think it's a good thing to ask of players. But I think it's a bad way to measure players. Because then you're looking at legislating intent, right? Now Tony La Russa is setting himself up to be the judge of whether or not a bat flip was sincere or whether a protest was sincere or whether they're, you know what I mean? Like this gets to an area that can get very gross and very murky very fast. And I, I guess I'll just say it like this. If Tony Russo wants to see sincerity from his players as it pertains to their interactions with the larger world around them, that's okay. But I think we are all living in a world where the athletes in that clubhouse, in in a hypothetical clubhouse, in the clubhouses all across America, and specifically with Tim Anderson, with Lucas Giolito, those are players who are not afraid to measure the sincerity of others around them up to and including their own manager as well. We, we live in an age where athletes have agency in a way that we've never seen before. 
And I think a lot of people have been slow to accept that and slow to realize what that means. And I don't think the White Sox are among those. But they had better make sure that that Tony La Russa and all of his coaching staff are on the same level as the White Sox organization has gotten to in, in regards to this over the last two years or so. Because if they're not, like you said, that's a potential clashing point. I think that's completely fair. And I don't want to just go on with saying I, I know what you meant by this. But if you're talking about in Tony La Russa's press conference today, how he approached the answer to that question, I thought, was the right way to approach it. I, I have learned that my comments earlier were subsided and not about the point that the people who were protesting were making that's the right approach but then when he didn't talk to Tim Anderson yet I'm not saying that oh the first thing you got to do is call Tim Anderson but hopefully that is definitely a priority and hopefully the conversation is mainly hey I thought this way on this topic now I am starting to realize this way on this topic like let let us talk about this together he kept using the term family let's let's constantly be on the same page with each other so that we know that we're we're going for the same thing and it's not just turning into my evaluation of you or your evaluation of me I mean Tony La Russa has had relationships with players where he's hardly even talked to them I heard John Morosi talk earlier today that he and Scott Rowland were basically on non-speaking terms but they went on and won a World Series I'm not saying conflict is is what the White Sox need to win a World Series, but I I think conflict can exist in a clubhouse and a World Series can still be won. But with a lot of the things the White Sox are trying to accomplish, that's why it can be confusing to White Sox fans where this is the way they go with when his comments on the matter were just mentioned in February. I get it. People can change. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah, and let's not breeze by it, right? I mean, you can have clubhouses in conflict and still win. And I'm not saying the White Sox are, are primed for that necessarily. I think we're all just pointing out, I mean, many people are pointing out the same areas where there are potentials for issues. And I think we would have done the same kind of analysis had A.J. Hinch gotten hired or Alex Cora gotten hired because we would have been talking about Yasmani Grandal being screwed over by A.J. Hinch's team in the year past, right? I mean, this is these are the kind of conversations we were always going to have about new manager X, because those are the ones you do. Tony La Russa, though, for better or worse, has been able to win, is a, is a proven commodity in that he's able to win despite having a clubhouse that might not be completely hunky-dory. That is a skill set. No one man is ever going to get along with every 25th guy on that roster or 28th guy on that roster. You know, it just doesn't doesn't work that way. Human beings aren't wired like that. And at some point, your leader has to be able to lead ball players that don't see eye to eye with him. And he's got to be able to engender a, a, a an atmosphere where, yeah, we might not like each other all that much, but do you trust me to win ball games? Because I trust you to play left field or right field or, you know, come in in the eighth or whatever. Let's do it that way. I, I do trust Tony La Russa to win ball games, and I – I put on Twitter that poll of White Sox fans, who would you rather have as manager, Rick Renneria or Tony La Russa? And I I was honestly kind of stunned that the majority said Rick Renneria. I mean, if you're asking me, I think I'd rather have Tony La Russa. If I want to win a ball game, 
if I want to win a ball game and that's it, I would say Tony La Russa. Yes, still in this day and age. Um, I almost wonder what if what if the situation were changed? What if Tony La Russa had a job with the White Sox like he had with the Angels and Rick Renneria was fired midseason and they brought in Tony La Russa? I think a lot of White Sox fans would be all for that at the time, possibly, um, which is also surprising to me that Jerry Reinsdorf just never hired Tony La Russa in that kind of setting when he could clearly just do that. Um, but but it, it, it comes down to, yes, winning, and it comes down to who puts you in that best situation. I'm, I'm over the argument of Hall of Famers can't come back into the game. Um, I don't know if this is just because of this situation, but, I mean, Ryan Sandberg was managing in the minor leagues, and he had to leave for the weekend to go to his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Now, I get it. He was being inducted as a player, and he was managing – trying to work his way up to the managerial level. But I don't know. For some reason, that that's just popping up a lot, and I did not expect it to as much. But I guess I can't name another example huh. of a Hall of Famer that was still in the business. It's probably happened. Probably have to go back to the 50s or 60s or something like that. True. But, but you know, I, I, it really... I think it's kind of cool. I think Tony should have to wear his Hall of Fame jersey instead of his White Sox jersey. Or I think he should have a... I think the White Sox should give a patch... Give him a patch that says Hall of Fame on it. Why not? The guy's earned it. I mean, if, if nothing else, you know that Tony La Russa has earned HOF after his initials or after his name. Why why wouldn't you celebrate that? The day the 2021 season begins, the first home Sunday game cannot come soon enough because I still cannot picture Tony La Russa in black and white pinstripes. And all I can oh, picture I him in is that 83 uniform that they'll wear for throwbacks. That's all I can picture him. Even even the, the picture on the email, I'm like, that, that just does not look like him. It's not working in my brain. It doesn't. I thought it was Photoshopped. Like, I saw, <laughs> I was running around all over the place. So, I full disclosure, I had to listen to the press conference, like, an hour before we did this because I had some stuff to do today. But I was just scrolling through Twitter when I had the chance, I saw the photo of Tony La Russa in a White Sox jersey. You know, the current ones, the black and white ones. And I thought, oh, that's too bad. I, I guess he they weren't able to ship him one in time. Or maybe that something went wrong with the Zoom or something like that. And they just photoshopped him. Because my brain just wouldn't. I just figured they had photoshopped the new uniform onto a picture of Tony. It was really strange. See, when I was a kid, I remember when trades would happen. And I used to screenshot the player's face and put him on paint and then draw the hat around and then put the hat over the person and it's like oh this is what they'll look like and it, it would still not work in my brain but i could sure. see it on the screen and now they can just do it willy-nilly in two seconds with photoshop oh, yeah. i mean kids don't know how, how lucky they got it these days no no man we were playing we were playing oregon trail on floppy disks back in the day you don't know how hard life was back in those times uh, you always wanted to ford the river, by the way. That um, that does it for this episode of the Baseball from Home podcast. Certainly some some amazing times for the White Sox. And I, I imagine there's more news to follow. Uh, we do know that Dave Duncan will not be Tony LaRusso's pitching coach, but we don't know who will. Um, and we'll have more to come as the next week unfolds or as news warrants. The Baseball from Home pod will keep you up to date. He's Joe. I'm Connor. We'll catch you next week.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.